What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we got a tribute for T.I.'s sophomore LP, yeah. Trap Music. Trap Muse. Released August 19th, 2003. Yes, sir. This was probably the first time many of us heard T.I., like I said, it was his sophomore LP. He hasn't. Uh, he had a debut, but I don't remember any singles from it. And I, did. I didn't even go back to listen to it. I, I don't know what's on that one. I'm serious. Was dope. I think it's it's more of a it's for, it's for the fans. Like if you like a, a big Ti fan, I think it's it's probably more of a record. The reason I was familiar with it was because I was a big Beanie Man fan. Okay. This is around the time 01, 2000, around there, where I really discovered dance hall and I got super immersed in dance hall. And this was also around the time when um, I don't even remember what the name of the service that I was using, but like Morpheus, Kazaa, you yeah, know, yeah. all of the was downloading stuff. And I would go on every day and try to find new Beanie Man records. And this Beanie Man record pops up with this guy called T.I. And I listened to it and it had the Neptunes as well. I was like, oh, this is fire. Oh, I need um, to go back and listen to this. Yeah. So that that record, I used to play it when, when I would DJ. And that's how I got into T.I. because I ended up listening to the rest of the album. Because okay, I like that song. You up so on game. I wasn't. And then, and then when we when we got to college, obviously, and then and this came out, people were like, "Oh my God, who's this Ti guy?" And I was like, "Y'all ain't been listening to Ti." So yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was to, cool I was able to be like, "Y'all, y'all ain't up on this." Well, let's right. get into that. So this yeah. album comes out in August 19, 2003. Where were you? Right. As I said, I was at UVA. I was in college. I was, what, this was my second year. Yeah, you're approaching your second, second year. year. Yeah. yeah. I remember the singles had, had kind of started dropping mm-hmm. uh, my first year. Yeah, man. People love T.I. T.I. Yeah. was like, For good he, reason. Was, he was one of those people that came in, you know, he, he was a Dirty South rapper at the time when, you know, Crunk was popping and there were a lot of rappers that didn't have a lot of substance. He had a lot of substance. He did have a lot of substance. The ladies loved him. He was handsome. He had big records. He was one of those artists that everybody can agree they likes. Yeah. Liked, which I think at the time we talked about how some people like Dipset, some people like G-Unit, some people mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know anybody who said they, they didn't think T.I. was dope. I liked T.I. So, yeah. Yeah. Where were you? Uh, where was I? So, this is when the summer's coming to an end, approaching my third year at mm-hmm. UVA. Obviously, at this point, I'm heavy into drinking alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, there were a lot of records that came on when... Because uh, I, I spoke in the previous episode about how around this time, I was listening to different genres of music. I was right. getting back into classic rock. I was getting into jazz music for the first time. And I was getting into making my own beats. And so I wasn't listening to a lot of albums from artists that I was not too familiar with. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if Most Def was coming out with something, if The Roots were coming out with something, if a Wu-Tang artist, Ghostface was coming out with something, I'm going to listen to it. Jay-Z, Nas, I'm going to listen to that because mm-hmm. I already knew who they were. Right. But new artists, I didn't have that much time and patience for them. Okay, And so the only time I really heard these songs was you know music videos my friends were playing it or where we go to the, the party where right. dj yinka is djing <laughs> and uh and i'm listening to the songs and so for me this was not something this was not an album that i i listened to when it came out but that being said mm-hmm. i did like ti yeah but i was just listening to other things and i didn't have time in my opinion between school and drinking and video games <laughs> and me making beats yeah. I didn't have time to listen to this when it came out. Okay. So, so that's uh, where I was. So what about uh I guess critical reception on this one? 
I actually don't remember the critical reception of this album, but uh-huh. I think it's more important to talk about the critical reception of T.I. Mm-hmm. and some of his records. Okay. Because T.I. was one of those artists, like, look, I feel like you knew who he was, but mm-hmm. when 24s came out, because that was the first time I heard T.I., yeah. that joint was huge. Mm-hmm. And then the, the T.I. wave that went from the time 24s dropped through you know king and what you know about that like i mean ti was one of the top rappers in the game right you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so i think the general reception the critical reception of ti at the time mm-hmm. was that yo ti is dope like he's he's one of the kings that's why he had an album called king like he's mm-hmm. one of the top people doing it yeah. so i don't really remember the critical reception of this album at uh-huh. the time of its release I, uh-huh. I can't really make that judgment call one thing I will say about this album in terms of the critical reception, we talk about like pacing and timing and how, how important those things are, both when you sequence an album as well as mm-hmm. when you sequence a career. And I think that the rollout of this album to me was one of the best sequenced rollouts I've seen of an artist. Mm-hmm. He put out 24s, right? 24s is a record that is very deeply rooted in, in the Southern sound, you know, the sound of what was going on at the time. It was about, you know, what people wanted wanted a song like this to be about. It was, yeah. it was about money, hoes, and clothes, like cars. You know, like he, he was talking about what every single was about at the time. And so it fit well with the genre and what was going on at the time. And so that's his introduction. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this guy, you know, party and bullshit. Boom, we love yeah. it. And then, you know, then he hits you with Be Easy, I think was the second Be single. And, and, you, and you're like, you're like, okay, there's instrumentation here. This guy can really rap, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. got really dope cadences. Okay, cool. And then he hits you over the head with Rubber Band Man. And by then you're like, mm. you know, we talk about when I was a kid and how I would wait for the three singles that would make me want to buy an album. He rolled so you, you his album out singles. perfect. Like, boom. Yeah. Okay. Three records. I like them for different reasons. And this guy is out of here. I think they did a great job of rolling And if you're going to talk about more about the sequencing, mm. the last single that they released was Let's Get Away, mm-hmm. which is produced by Jazzy Faye. And I want to say there's actually kind of two versions of the song. There's yeah. a version on the album. And then there's the one that was the single version. Mm-hmm. The hook is just a little bit different. Like the words are the same, but the singing yeah. is a little bit different. I think they had like a different person sing on yeah, it. Yeah, I like think that. that's what it was. Yeah. And that that single version is the one that I prefer. Uh-huh. But I should also say that this is the only Jazzy Faye song beat <laughs> that I really enjoyed. Right. But that was the last single that they released. Mm-hmm. And right after they released that, I think it was only about like maybe another half a year before they released urban the first legend. single on urban legend right and so you know it was just a, a very good wave you know oh, what yeah. I mean? like oh, yeah. and it's almost kind of synonymous with what they try to do now with artists right it's like yo you, you got to stay current mm-hmm. the difference though is that they're releasing these singles on top of a good album right and not just releasing singles on top of bullshit mixtapes yeah. just to get to the next single yeah. just to get you continue to get you bumping in the club right so it's I think it's kind of like the best of what they do now, but uh-huh. also the best of what we were doing back then. We were actually getting a quality album from this artist. And something else to jump on what you're saying here, right, is we talked about Dipset and how they, that like, you know, they kind of benefited from being a part of a major movement, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, even if they weren't relevant, they were relevant, yeah. right? But for T.I., T.I. really kind of came out by himself. He did. And so, like, for him to really be able to create and pace his career in that way with, yeah. with, to keep giving us stuff is actually a a testament to him. I think so, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did kind of come out when the nation as a whole was embracing the dirty sound. sound. But he was one of the the tops on that. And the thing is, is like, look, 
you know, this is at a time when we we can mention the Yin Yang Twins uh -huh. because the man, they were killing the parties. They were, but. I had to kind of give props to the Yin Yang Twins in, in the sense that they were a one-hit wonder group that somehow had more than one single. <laughs> yeah. And because of that, we remember their name. But there were a bunch of other artists coming around this time. Like this is right before Snap Music you're is coming right, out, right? You're right. Who had you know these little one-hit wonders here yeah. and there, and I don't remember who any of them are. But right. Ti is coming around, coming out around this time. Yeah. Um, and he's able to to, to ride that wave, you know, because mm -hmm. Outkast. They got one more banger coming out, uh -huh. and um, Love Below Speaker Box, which right. comes out, I think, a, a year Before. a year or two after this yeah. one is released. Uh, but Outkast is kind of like on the way out. Right. You know, we all love them still, but they're they're kind of on the way out. And so the South is coming up in general, and Ti is just you know yeah. he's right at the forefront. Yeah, for sure. I guess do you want us to start going into the highlights, or how you want to do it? I'll actually start with the lowlights because I don't have that many lowlights. There is a sequencing of the album, which is two tracks that I don't really like, and they're they're back to back. Okay. One is uh, "Let Me Tell You Something" produced by Kanye West, and the other is uh, "Ti versus Tip." And and mm -hmm. I don't mind necessarily the Ti versus Tip in terms of the concept you know the going the internal dialogue going back and forth mm -hmm. i think that's fine i just think that in general as a piece of music they don't really do much for me which is a shame because i want to say that ti actually produced the ti versus tip yeah he's credited here as uh, clifford harris uh -huh. so that means that he's the one to produce that right i just don't think that that that's like the only low stretch of the album for me that's when, crazy when i go back and listen to this because for me you know and i think actually this concept may have been done before but you know the concept of like your mature self talking to your less mature self yeah i thought it was a really dope oh, concept and i is. think he executed it, it really well i just well. don't think it it just yeah. sounds the beat definitely is yeah. not there's That's not one of the better productions it. on here for sure yeah um though what's interesting though is it is ti versus tip mm -hmm. are you familiar with the how he got his name no actually I, not tip I, I, I am with ti Oh, you are with T.I. Uh -huh. Oh, the whole story about Q-Tip and how he didn't want to... Yeah. Didn't, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can tell it. It's actually on the on the wiki, but um, mm -hmm. he was on the same label as Q-Tip right. on Arista. And so out of respect for a legend in the game, he mm -hmm. didn't want to have another uh, a tip uh, on the mm -hmm. same label. And so... Oh, I, I heard it differently. Okay, so how'd you hear it? I heard that like a label executive came to him and yes. was like, you need to change your name. Like yes. we already have a tip. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. But he also, but he respected that. Though, right, Because right, he respected right. Q-Tip. Right. And so they couldn't come out with anything else. He's like, well, look, why don't you just do T.I.? Mm -hmm. And the guy, and T.I. was like, well, it's T.I.P. Like how are we just going to get rid of the, the P? Mm -hmm. And he's like, look, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? He's like, no, I don't have anything else either. So they just <laughs> went with Ti, yeah. even though he references himself as Tip and Tip yeah, all the time. Yeah. So I just thought this was an interesting little tidbit there. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So uh, we're we're doing low lights, I guess. Yeah. Um, I only had one low light, and you know, I think Outlaw will probably kill me for this one, but uh, Bezel was a low light for me. Like it just was a very lackluster production for me. I mean, I love I love Eight Ball and MJG. I love Bun B. But the thing about Bezel for me, right, is that, you know, th th this is very indicative of the time frame. And, and this is no no knock to, to Houston. Um, yeah. But I, I think this this came from Houston, right? This, sure. This, this, like, it's not the this, only song on this album that did come from Houston, by the way. Yeah, but this, like, short, repetitive phrase um, that screwed and then yeah. played over and over and over again, it became a thing. I mean, we had um, Diamonds on My Neck, Diamond, Diamonds on My Neck. Around this time, there was a million songs that sounded like that. And so me personally, I didn't find this one to be unique. I don't mind it because 
look, I, I love that organ sound. It kind of like drives the beat. It's not prominent, but right. it kind of drives like the foundation of it. You got Ball and G, you got Bun B, you got T.I., you yeah. got DJ Toomp. Like, I'm I'm good. I'm not saying it's a highlight for me, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, when I was, went back to listen mm-hmm. to this, I was like, yeah, I was, I was yeah. bumping to it, so I fuck with it. And the only joint uh, other one I would say is, uh, for once we agree here, but uh, the Let Me Tell You Something, yeah. I love Zap and Roger. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that record, but it's like, why? Again, it's not, it, it, there's nothing inventive about mm-hmm. it. You know, it's, it's another one of these records that we talk about. It's funny how back then, Every album had to have like a girl record. Yeah. And this is like a girl record, but it's like you'll never hear a girl talk about this record. Have you ever had a girl come to you and be like, oh, I love T.I. Nah. Let me tell you something is my favorite nah. song. No, nah. never. You know what I mean? So, But yeah, this is another one of those like, oh, this is a song for the ladies. And let me make it quite clear. Okay. So, well, uh, it's interesting, though, that our lowlights are all in the same section of the album between yeah. 11, 12, and 13. Those are the those are the tracks that we're, we're kind of iffy on. Right. Um, you know, you like T.I. versus T.I.P. Mm-hmm. I like Bezel. But, right. I mean, the rest of the joint is solid. It's such a solid album. It is a solid Yo, album. It's, it's, we, we talk about, like, we do these tributes, and sometimes we're like, yeah, you know, this is a period piece, or why did people love this so much? Like this uh, DMX, Darkest Hell is Hot. <laughs> <laughs> this album is just a great album. And, yeah. I mean, the rapping is as good as the production is, yeah. if not better. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to point out is, and, and I just read this today in the wiki, Apparently, Entertainment Weekly said, let me read this. Entertainment Weekly said, this Atlanta rapper's self-coronation as King of the South is belied by the very ordinariness of his lyrics and flow. Only when T.I. breaks from his static Southern comfort zone does he distinguish himself. And then they they mention Let's Get Away as a satisfying slice of G-Funk. Yo, who the fuck be writing these articles, dog? You don't know shit about music. I'm sorry, they don't. And then, <laughs> and then, and then it says Rolling Stone gave the album three out of five stars, saying T.I. is a hustler with a conscience and heart. Which he is. The limber linguist is at his best when he's dissecting the minutia of the game. This is just like, to me, you know, it means he didn't have enough big name features. And so he wasn't co-signed by somebody who tells these tastemakers what their taste is supposed to be. Because if you didn't listen to this shit and go, yo, this guy can rap his ass off. Then you shouldn't be writing rap for rap. That's how I feel. But this is when... I think that we start to get into why the West Coast doesn't like New York, why the mm. Dirty South doesn't like New York. Mm. And it's less about the MCs. You right. know, there's there's some right. there's some rappers who don't have clout right. who are probably from the New York area who were shitting on the West Coast that's, and shitting in the real. Dirty South. These, the rappers these... with clout had respect for people in the South. But the thing is, is like, we're not even talking about the MCs here. It's a disdain mm-hmm. for the fucking press. What you're saying is 100% true. Now that you say that, I'm looking at this again with a lens and I'm going, whoever wrote this Entertainment Weekly article and this Rolling Stone article is probably someone from New York who's trying to tell us about the South. Like he's like, only breaks from his static Southern comfort zone. It's like, yeah. well, why why is it it's static to you? Oh, because it's Southern. And because so you don't know what, the, you don't know what you're talking like, about. If you like UGK... <laughs> Right. If you grew up in the 90s and you like UGK, you like this album. Right. Period. Like right. you can't fuck with those Pimp C beats and not fuck with half the beats on here. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, and the flow and everything. Like this is what I said like Bezel is not the only Houston sounding track on here. Like uh, <sighs> So I just got to I just got to say that like we need more people who are writing about music to actually care about music. 
I'm sorry, whoever, I, lucky for y'all that your names aren't in this. <laughs> I'm just going to say, fuck y'all, because y'all don't know what you're talking about. This yeah. is a great album. And then yeah. now we can get into the album itself. Highlights. So I'll just go with, um, when I say highlights, these are the tracks that I like the most. Right. Because other than the two I mentioned that I, I, I wasn't really feeling, mm -hmm. I like everything on here. Okay. So the ones that I like the most, we'll just go from top to finish. I mean, right. like, I love that intro. Yeah. that trap music intro yep. i mean it lets me know exactly what this album is going to be about and like i said like all the southern music that i do like like you know just encapsulates all that for me right i can't quit it's cool but it's not a highlight in terms of be mm -hmm. easy oh my um, god i, love I that like song. be easy i mean I love that it. was you're right like uh -huh. when be easy came out that's when i knew it was like oh okay yeah like yeah 24s was like he could be any of these guys exactly exactly 24s right. could have been a track that one of these one hit wonders had but right be easy is like oh, oh you're around the state okay right right cool, cool. so be easy is obviously mm. is obviously my do you joint. remember that video i i don't remember the video it's like he's playing this piano mm -hmm. in the ghetto yeah. And then like all this shit's happening around him. So like it's oh, like he's moving and yeah, him and the piano yeah, yeah. are moving and he's going through the ghetto and people are getting shot. There's car crashes. There's all yeah. kind of stuff. And he's just playing the piano. It's just crazy. Anyway. So uh, No More Talk is cool for me. I'm not going to call it a highlight, but I really like that beat. Right. Um, but Doing My Job is a highlight, not so much because of the beat, mm -hmm. but I love the lyrics on this. Yeah. And like I said, like I'm not even focused on the wordplay or the metaphors like i've said before about how sometimes scarface does the most with with the least, the least amount yeah so he, so it's not necessarily all that poetical but like you listen to it and you just fuck with it right yeah, and yeah. this the lyrics on here like i'm just doing my job it's like it's like yeah you know he's a drug dealer but yeah. why do you have to hate me yo you know it's like, I mean? like the, the the line that i would say embodies the whole sentiment of this record is uh you live here, I work here, I'm yeah. just doing my job. Right. And I feel like it takes me to juicy places, right? Mm -hmm. This album is dedicated to the people who try to call the police on me when I was just hustling to feed my, my daughter. daughter. He's giving you those vibes. Yeah. Though. And he makes it seem like it's like, look, these are the cars that I was dealt with. Right. I gotta eat. Yeah. I gotta live. I don't have anything else to do. I'm gonna do this. There's like this whole debate about who started trap music, right? Gucci yeah. Mane says he started it. T.I. says he started it. I think personally that T.I. with this album gave us the concept of what trap music is. Gucci Mane gave us the sound of what yeah, trap music uh, is. Concept um, in terms of like content? Yeah, like the yeah, content. Yeah, like the, the subject matter. Yeah, the yes, subject yes, matter. I, I, uh, I yeah, that, like this you. is what trap music is supposed to be about. But yeah. Obviously, trap has evolved a lot, and um, I would say that it's gone much more in the Gucci Man direction than it has in a TI Gucci. direction. But um, the doing my job, like yeah. the subject matter, is just it's just so good. Like mm -hmm. I, I think this album it just kind of embodies like, yo, this is the trap. He gives us trap music, the first song where he tells us what the trap is and what what he's talking about, what he's about. But doing my job is where he humanizes it. Yes, um, absolutely. I think every good album about drug dealing to me doesn't just glorify hey I, i'm selling drugs i got a lot of money cool mm -hmm. but like what does it really mean to like be a drug dealer like what is that life really like right and i think doing my job is a record where you know he's telling you like yo these are the reasons i'm doing what i'm doing these are some of the struggles that i'm going through just like you when you're on your job you know punching the clock doing whatever when i'm out here these are the cold nights that i have to face and these are the, the difficulties of being 
a trapper. Yeah, no, so absolutely. I, I definitely respect that. It's definitely one of the stronger joints on there, yeah. for sure. Let's get away. I, I have to shout out just because, like I said before, it's the only Jazzy Face song that I can think of that yeah. I like. And I've actually gone through like his wiki for his production discography, and I'm like, this is trash. <laughs> this is trash. This is garbage. Oh, I remember this one was a hit. It's not good. You hate your fan. Uh, I do not like him. I, I don't care about shitting. <laughs> on him on a podcast i don't care he's not good i don't like that sound of i don't like his sound in general and one of the reasons why it has such disdain for jazzy faze because uh, I, I said this before yeah. that the fact that he was making hits and i had to hear these hits is one of the reasons why i stopped listening to hip-hop so fuck him but this track is good this track is good the single in particular is great when they replaced his voice i yeah, think with the woman with singing it's really really good so okay. that's a okay. highlight for me uh man 24s yo right before we did this podcast <laughs> we were bumping this album and yeah. man like oh my god i love 24s 24s definitely takes so me to much. where we were when it came yes. out so much i mean this was my man like this is me going into the party with my gatorade in hand and whatever alcohol whatever cheap rail alcohol i had at the time <laughs> and i'm already in there totally faded i'm drinking while and just as the song comes on it's, i've been drinking and i've been smoking oh my god i love this song so much this uh -huh. is good this is so good. So that's that's definitely a highlight for me. The other uh, thing that's cool uh, about this is uh, I may have mentioned this before, but um, this is actually this beat is actually an interpolation of a, of a of a I won't call it classic rock, uh, but an old rock song. Um, uh, I forget the name of it. It's by Vanilla Fudge. Oh, I it's think. a Vanilla Fudge record. They have a guitar riff. It's the, it's the same riff. It's like it's faster. This it's more aggressive. Um, mm. So they don't necessarily sample it, but they take yeah, that and yeah. they redo this beat. Um, that being said, though, it's such kind of like a, a generic riff that they may have, if the producer of this record, DJ Toom, told yeah. me, he's like, you know what? I've never actually heard that Vanilla Fudge song. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. But mm -hmm. if you hear the two, you definitely understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. He may have just heard it like in the background and not even known. Maybe. Yeah. Rubber Band Man. I mean, David Banner. Oh. Uh, and sometimes we forget about David Banner as, <laughs> a, as a producer. I would say, personally, I think David Banner might have, at the time, been an overrated producer. Uh -huh. To me, he has two records that are timeless, timeless Like records. a Pimp. This and Like a Pimp. Did he produce Like a Pimp? Yes. Like and a Pimp and beats. the Chopped and Screwed version of oh Like a Pimp. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like a Pimp is, is a, a piece that, when I talk about this era, I have to mention Like a Pimp. If I'm playing a set from this era, Like a Pimp will be played. If you want... A DJ that ain't gonna be all up in the videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing like a pimp if I'm spinning. This record as well, Rubber Band Man, is I think one of my favorite uh, banner beats. Yeah, for sure. So this next one, man, it's it's weird. It's a so highlight. We, yeah, well, all right. So Yinka suggested that we do this uh, tribute, and I was like, "Why are we doing this? This is 15 year." But like, man, it is hard to really pinpoint some of the the highlights because. There's so much of this, this album so that I do like. I mean, because yeah. I didn't even highlight I Can't Quit or No More Talk the way I mm. should have. But like these next two tracks, I like just as much as those songs, man. I like yeah. this whole thing. So, yeah. you know, look what I got. We got another DJ Toop banger. And the reason why I keep shouting out DJ Toop is because my favorite T.I. song is produced by DJ mm. Toop. And that's mm. the what you know, um, what you know about that. Yeah. I that to me encapsulates everything that i love about ti but he's mm. got another banger on this look what i got 
lyrics are sharp yeah. and then like i love the fact that you've got your hook beat but then it breaks into the song it's like dun, 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 mm -hmm. dun, dun, dun. yeah that joint is hot and then i still love you we got a good story there yeah. um we got more strong just lyrical content from from ti any Man. other highlights any more highlights um I won't call Bezel a highlight. It's not a low light. It's not a highlight. But the next three tracks after that, I really like King of the South. Long Lived hmm. Game is another highlight. I like the way that it closes out the album. Be Better Than Me, the only thing about that song, I probably wouldn't call it a highlight, but I think it's something they could have used Big Boy. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that beat would have done, wow. he would have done really good with that. And I'm not That's even real. a Big Boy fan. Yeah, you I, know, I, I love Andre 3000, but I think Big Boy really would have shined on that. That's real. So, um, cool. but I mean, that's that's me in terms of in terms of highlights. What you yeah. what you got? Let me say that the sequence of the first three songs, trap music, I can't quit and be easy is just like, wow, you're 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 serious. You mm -hmm. you out here? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Trap music, great opener. Tells us what trap music is. Tells right. us you know what his perspective is. I Can't Quit is like I can, really, really dope. It is a dope track. Um, yeah, it's, it's like really reality rap. You know, he's quit. telling us like, it's hard to be a rapper. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And he's like, yo, like I'm right here on the cusp. I feel like I could really push it over the edge and really do this. Um, you know, and, and, and I thought that was really dope. Be Easy, we talked about it on yours. Obviously. I, I fucking love that song. That's my favorite probably song on here like okay. I, I mean i really be really like easy. be easy it's just his flows <laughs> the production just everything is just perfect um let's see other highlights i say no more talk maybe just because of the fact that you know we're thinking about the time frame this is yeah. like around the the eminem eight mile time frame yeah. and i feel like he kind of borrows eminem's cadence that Eminem raps on every, about that. On, on every record, Eminem was kind of rapping this same cadence, but the Lose Yourself, uh -huh. his arms of many, he's that's basically the cadence there. Yeah. And he does it well. Now, I'm going to say doing my job less for the beat and more for what he's talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, because like you said, this is kind of, it's interchangeable to what Kanye was making at the mm -hmm. time. His productions all kind of sounded like this, which is cool, but it's just not a highlight right. of his. Let's Get Away wasn't a highlight for me, but one thing I, I do want to say about it is it does interpolate Aretha Franklin, mm -hmm. and I definitely want to just take a second to, you know, say rest in peace, Aretha Franklin. Wow, one of the greatest voices of my lifetime. And it's just dope that, you know, we kind of got a, an injection of, of some Aretha here. I don't know when we're going to release this episode, but just so that you know, we're actually recording it. Um, is it August 19th? Is, yeah. Is, is today's date? Yeah. So Aretha Franklin just passed away this past week. So, right. yeah. Yeah. So um, there's that. Rubber Band Man is a highlight of highlights for me. Obviously. Right. Like just wow. And I just remember how this song used to electrify parties like oh, i mean you know, we would throw this on and it was just everybody would go crazy um another thing <laughs> the kids yo, yo you get good kids yeah. so on a record yeah, yeah, it's a rap yeah. it's out of yeah. here who did that first was that was that uh <laughs> trick daddy love the kids or uh, no? trick love the, uh, that was uh i don't know yeah that record yeah. was crazy too. <laughs> i'm a thug but anyway um so yeah, but um, this my, was my, a record. My mom liked that song, I'm a Thug. I'm a Thug? Yes. Wow, yes. that's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, the one thing I'll say about Rubber Band Man was, um, again, this is a time frame when, you know, I'm fairly new to college. Prior to college, I didn't really watch a whole lot of music videos. Mm -hmm. In college, we watched music videos all, all the time. time. We'd all be studying, time. we'd be doing whatever music videos be on. The Rubber Band Man video had a lot of cameos in it. Um, you see, there's a, a point where like, David Banner's got an unplugged MPC and he's banging <laughs> out the beat. There's uh, 
puff. He's got his mink on. He's got a, a, a toothpick in his mouth. He's kind of doing a little T.I. dance. There's like all these cameos. The video was crazy. There's all these people uh, in it. Um, I think at that point in time, I realized that T.I. would never put his hat on all the way. Um, that just became his thing <laughs> from that video on. So crazy. Look what I got. Definitely. I still love you. You kind of just... You know, you need like a deep story joint. And he yeah. talked about a couple different things. This was kind of his version of Song Cry uh, by Jay-Z. In that like one verse he's talking about, you know, he's talking to his girl. Then he's talking to, about his dad. Then the third verse, he brings it full circle. He reveals to us that he has a child from an outside relationship mm. and kind of ties it into his dad. And, you know, the whole Debbie dad thing. Yeah. Crazy. T.I. versus T.I.P. I just thought it was a highlight as a as a um, a concept. Yeah. King of the South, right? We're both obviously huge UGK fans. Yes, we are. Um, this record sounded like Pimp C produced it. It did. The only thing that could have made this song better is if <laughs> Pimp C was actually on the song. Like, I think Pimp C like, was in but, jail at the time, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. But uh, King of the South, not just the production. T.I.'s flows, the flows he incorporates here, I mean, just so smooth. I'm never a fan of people who badmouth others to big themselves up. Mm -hmm. However... His subject matter is kind of like, yo, this is the stuff that we're seeing in the game. These rappers don't have as much money as you think they do. They're this, they're that. I'm the king of the South. But it just works. Like It's mm -hmm. like, I love this track. Look, it's a really good record. And anything that sounds like Pimp C had his hand on, hand on it, I'm, I'm going to dig. So shout out to Ryan Liquid Sound Cats. Yeah, uh, have that? we heard of have we heard of him before? I don't think so. I feel like that name Liquid Sound sounds familiar, but uh, we don't even have a link on his name here. Yeah. So I'm not sure whatever what his other production discography Man, is. But he, he, shout out to you because you made a real one with this joint. This is like Zaytoven before Zaytoven. Like this is like somebody who grew up in the church mm -hmm. and like they they were the organist. Yeah, and now they're making beats. Like it, so, it, it, it took us to church on that one. Dope, dope record for sure. Before I leave King of the South, I want to say that, like, I think this was around the time where, like, rappers, there was still a whole lot of money in rap. Mm -hmm. And rappers were just really, really lying about, like, you know, how much money they had, what they were doing, X, Y, and Z. And respect to T.I. for just kind of calling out, like, yo, this industry's fake as fuck. They, right. These people don't really have what, what they're saying they have. Be Better Than Me was just dope because, like I said, there was a little bit of, neg of a negative tone in King of the South in terms of the way he talked about other rappers. But Be Better Than Me brought it all, you know, full circle. Where mm -hmm. he, you know, he's kind of closing out by saying, yo, like, you know, while I did floss a lot, I told you about all this money I have and all this other X, Y, and Z, like, I really want the future to be better than me. For me, it's far more believable than anything Jay-Z said around this time, right? <laughs> uh, I always harken back to this one line that Jay-Z says on um, H to the Izzo, V to the Izzy, right? Mm -hmm. And Jay-Z says, like, um, like I told you to sell drugs. Nah, I hope did that, so hopefully you wouldn't have to go through that. Yeah. Go through that. That is one of the most empty, fakest lines I've ever heard <laughs> in rap. Jay-Z told you to do this shit because Jay-Z wanted to sell records, period. All right. Right? And for him to say that, like, oh, I'm doing this to so you guys can be better. No, fuck that. He might yeah. be on some prog progressive shit now. He mm. wasn't then. Yeah. This line from T.I., though. Right, like this song from T.I., the idea of, you know, be better than me actually yeah. sounds genuine. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I like this. Like, look, mm -hmm. we've said before, I think Imhotep was on here. Actually, we were talking about the Jay-Z record and we were saying, mm -hmm. like, look, if you're going to talk about the dope game, you need to, you know, you need to be really, really strong lyrically mm -hmm. or it needs to just feel something. I need to feel something when I right, hear it. Right, right. And, 
obviously we had dope lyrics but we mm-hmm. could just feel what he's talking about and he's yeah. like look like i'm not necessarily celebrating this right like this is my life this is what i know i'm gonna talk about it and there might be some things that i, I celebrate just because i gotta be braggadocious but i'm also going to keep it real yeah and uh and you feel that you definitely feel it on this record it's not mm-hmm. a highlight for me versus some of the other ones mm-hmm. but i mean obviously i mean it's it's dope yeah and like sure. you said it's like we get doing my job we get trap music the song itself right he yeah. doesn't entirely glorify uh the drug game it actually takes me to a story that actually young jeezy again tells but basically mm-hmm. um there's a story that's on young jeezy's whole uh dvd or whatever him coming up where he talks about how when he first got into the dope game he really idolized like a lot of cats like ti you know mm-hmm. who, who rapped about what it's like being like a trapper from atlanta and he said he w- really wanted to do a song with ti and so you know he they got signed up and, and ti was going to come do a song with him i think he said at the time he was working out of patchwork studios which if you if you know the atlanta music scene patchwork is like the studio that everybody records at right. right so at the time young jeezy is still kind of down with bmf he still kind of has one foot in the street and so young jeezy is working on his album and also selling drugs out of the studio so he says ti comes in the you know shows up to the studio to work with them so he said ti walks in and there's a table in the control room with just all this money on it right <laughs> And so he says, T.I. walks up to him and he goes, hey, Pimp, like, what you doing? And Jeezy said, he said to him, like, yo, like, I'm like you. Like, he's like, yo, that's the reason why I admire you and admire your music so much, because I can tell you real and I can tell you really about this shit. He said, T.I. was like, nah, dude, (laughs) this is not what you do. (laughs) He's like, you're supposed to be rapping so you can leave all this alone. You can't do both. He said T.I. was the first person to tell him, like, yeah, we rap about all this, like, cool, the drug game shit or whatever. But, like, you can't do both. If you want to be a rapper, you got to go and focus on being a rapper. You can't bring this stuff into this new world of yours because it's not going to end well for you. Mm -hmm. And he said that T.I. was the first person to tell him because he said that a lot of people in the game were also like, oh, yeah, Jeezy, we like you because you're real. It's like, cool, but, like, where does that end? Mm -hmm. And that was the first time he had the thought in his mind, like, okay like i can be real because i actually did do this before and not like be showing up to work every day with drugs what executive role or what behind the scenes role did ti play in the movie ato that i don't know i've never even seen the movie oh you haven't haven't. oh it's interesting it's not all that great Mm -hmm. um but it's it's not bad either Mm -hmm. that's the one that's i think probably one of the most famous things to come out of that is the whole concept of nunu Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I think it's Laura London. Yeah, Laura. Where her, her character's name is Nunu, and and she's the love interest for Ti. And he asks her like, "Why? Why's your name Nunu?" She's like, "Because I got that new, new right." Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, there's a bunch of interesting things in that movie, but the reason why I, I wanted to talk about it is because Ti's character is actually not into drugs. His younger brother is trying to be a drug dealer. I want to say that Big Boy's character is a drug dealer, and okay. and Ti's younger brother is. Um, he's drawn to that life and so he starts trapping and he's getting rich and flossing and T.I. is actually trying to come up on an honest hustle mm. and so when you take that movie and you contrast it with like Jay-Z's movies right oh, yeah. State Property or whatever uh, Killer Season yeah which is a completely different vibe like mm-hmm. 
I want to say that T.I. was actually heavily involved in the movie, not just as an actor, but mm -hmm. probably some kind of executive producer role. I should have researched before I came into this, but I, I didn't really think about it. But I mean, you can tell that the main character, the protagonist character there mm -hmm. is not trying to, to glorify anything. Like, in fact, he's trying to steer his younger brother away from that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, to me, it kind of embodies everything about you. I was like, look, it's who I am, it's who I was, mm -hmm. but I mean, we gotta do better. You yeah, know? and I think that's one of the reasons we have the longevity and the evolution of T.I. that we've had. You is, know, he, the, is he still um, making music? He is still making music and he also has had his television show. Definitely has and, his te you know, television. A uh, bunch of different things. So, how, many, uh, how many kids he got with Tiny? Uh, like four or five? Also, uh, if you remember, we talked a little bit about that show. I forget what the show's called, the Netflix show about hip-hop. Rapture. Rapture. And uh, T.I.'s episode actually talks about how he meets with these like kind of folks from the civil rights era, and he's talking about how he's trying to... He's actually asking them, like, how can I use music to kind of evangelize the movement and talk about the struggle? I thought that was dope. That was yeah. actually the only one, maybe. Oh, and like that the just, and just plays, plays yeah. were the only ones where I was like, "Oh, dope." And the Ti joint, like, it felt like it was coming from a genuine place. Like, he really seemed like he really wanted to know how those people felt about it. I mean, I, I, I've always respected Ti. Um, I've never really gotten deep into his catalog like that, but yeah. that's less a reflection of Ti and just more a reflection of where I was going in terms of the things that I was listening to. Yeah. Had I been introduced to T.I. when I was maybe a, a junior or a senior in high school, he probably would have been one of the people whose career I made a, a commitment to follow. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he just kind of came in right when I was like leaving hip hop. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard for me, at least around this time, it was hard for me to really get into new artists. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I listen to this album now and I'm just like, man, this one is dope. Yeah. This one is real dope. You know, when you talk about Southern lyrical hip hop in this time frame, uh, the Carter is the album mm -hmm. that people The Carter, The Carter 2 are the albums that people kind of Bring up as like, yo, check this out Outside of Outkast, because Outkast yeah. is just a whole nother thing But I think I put this album Right up next to The Carter The Carter 2 in terms of like A soloist from the South That really has something to say And really, you know, like just embodied What we're talking about when we talk about great hip-hop albums And um, I think A lot of people who are T.I. fans they actually tout Urban Legend, which is the album after this, mm -hmm. as like T.I.'s like magnum opus. I personally would say, actually kind of similar to Carter too, I would say that Urban Legend is where T.I. really learned how to make mainstream music and be yeah, a mainstream yeah. artist. Right. I mean, it's just hit after hit. But just a hip hop artist making a great album that doesn't chase any type of mainstream success or anything like that, even though it has records that are, are like that. I personally think that Trap Music is a better album. Okay. Yeah. I would have to go back to listen to Urban Legend as well, but I do know it's got some... It's got oh, some... It's got some, some is that the one with Bring Him Out on it? Yeah. Bring Him Out, get your shit together, get loose, ASAP. ASAP oh, is crazy. ASAP. And you don't know me. ASAP. I mean, this you don't know is just... Me. This yeah. album is just hit after hit after hit. Again, yo, two more DJ yeah. Toop joints, yo. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, like... Just a, an album that a dope album stripped down to its roots. It's not about features. It's not about producers. It's just about an MC and them telling you their story. Trap music to me is an excellent album, and I'm glad we were able to review it. Yeah, I'm actually gonna go back now and probably listen to uh, his first record. I'm serious because you, mm -hmm. you got me interested in listening to that. Yeah, it was cool. So yeah, um, again, I still think that my initial question stands in terms of why are we reviewing this right, and it's not because mm -hmm. of. It's not, nothing to say about the musical quality of this record because I, I mm -hmm. think obviously the musical quality of this record is, is very strong. Mm -hmm. But 
is this something that we really talk about a lot in terms of hip hop? And and when you asked me my, remember, go back to the conversation about critical reception. Mm. I couldn't give a critical reception of this album more so than I could just give one of T.I. in general. Yeah. So I'm curious about this album specifically. Mm-hmm. How much do we really talk about this? Like what kind of legacy does just this album and not the mm-hmm. period of time, not the three or four year stretch that T.I. had where he was running it. Right. But just this album specifically, like what kind of legacy do you think it has? I think it has, I think it's an underrated album. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I try to bring to this segment is while we have gimmies that are just layups, you know, life yeah. after death. I mean, duh, right? Even as dark and hell is hot as is almost a duh, right? There are albums that to me are on that level that don't get talked about the same way, um, in the same way of, of those albums. And okay. I think this is one of the albums that I would say deserves to, to be talk, talked about in that way. No, light. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Okay, cool. So... Yeah. Anything else we wanted to mention on this one before I close it? Uh, no, I don't have anything else. Cool. Shout out to DJ Toom. I mean, all over this. Murdered this album. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, just a great album. If y'all haven't heard this album or you haven't heard it in a while, definitely go step out and check it out again. It was an excellent album. Um, and shout out to T.I. for giving us a great piece of music. For sure. Peace. Peace. Yeah.